0: Paolo Caro at center in this economy, the experiment that Team USA ran and what it means for the Orlando Magic, plus a complete recap of the U.S.'s win over Puerto Rico on today's episode of Locked On Magic.
1: You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Indeed, Locked On Magic. Today is August 8th, 2023. My name is Philip Rossman Reich. I'm the expert in site editor over at Orlando Of course, follow me on Twitter at Philip RR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, Palo Carroll makes his Team USA debut, and they run a little experiment, one that I think we're all looking forward to seeing from the Orlando Magic. We get a little taste of it here Ah, uh, in the summer with the with an international game with Team USA, Paolo Bancaro at center. We'll dive into that, plus what we saw from Team USA in their debut game. We get to all that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your team every day. No matter when you listen to us, whether it's first in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Paulo caro is possibility. Um, what, what, what makes him so interesting is all the things... The magic that really any team should be able to do with them. He is a six foot 10 forward who handles a ball like a guard, can pass effectively over defenders, can bully his way to the basket, can work the low, the mid post, can shoot a little bit from the outside. He is the multi skilled, multi positional, multi versatile, multi whatever dream of so many teams, of so many. Uh, of so many things that this league wants to see. He's exciting. There's there's no getting around it. There's no uh, debating it. There's no kind of figuring that part out. He is just really exciting and fun to watch and, and, and look and, and just imagine the possibilities. What's great about Paolo is that you can probably literally play him anywhere. And that's the interesting part about him. And the part of his game that hasn't been explored. Look, at Duke, he played a lot of power forward, a lot of center. He played a lot of your traditional low post game. Duke put him on the block, Said post guys up, worked at mid post. They didn't screen, they didn't do a lot of the things the Magic did with him. His rookie year. In fact, Caro, by all accounts, um, you know, uh, Kobe... Gobi shared the synergy numbers with me but we're back in the day. Palo Carroll ran more pick and rolls as a ball handler in his first month in the NBA than he did his entire season at Duke. That tells you, A, the versatility he has, and B, how different the NBA is. Obviously, he did that to much success. The Magic were a very, very, very good basketball team. But that's not what he's going to be asked to do with Team USA. He's not the primary scorer in Team USA. He has acknowledged that, and it's going to take an adjustment for him to learn how to be what Team USA needs him to be. So what does Team USA need him to be? That is the big question. That was the big question that we had because we didn't you know, quite know what his role would be. We suspected that he probably wouldn't start for this team, but we didn't know what to expect from him. As he got ready to suit up for USA basketball, for Team USA. And at first, it all looked like it was going about how we thought. He came in late in the first quarter as the backup power forward. Uh, you know, they asked him to, to defend, to rebound, to, to obviously do that, do, do all that stuff. But he was trying to find his way through. Then came the end of the second quarter. Steve Kerr tested out for the first time his, I guess, this Team USA version of the death lineup with Paolo Bancaro at center. This should not have taken us by surprise. Bancaro has played center. He's played at that position before, but not in the NBA. And I saw a few people who were watching game comments. I, I didn't think of Bancaro as a backup center. And, 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 and to be honest, that's perfectly fair. According to basketball reference, he played only 3% of his minutes at backup at center last year. Basketball references play play-by-play data can be a little wonky, but according to NBA Wowie, um Bancaro played 241 minutes out of 2,430 without any of the Magic Center, Wendell Carter centers, Wendell Carter, Mobamba, Gogo, Batadze on the floor. And all but 66 of those came with Bull Bull on the floor. The Magic want to try a lot of different things with Paolo Venkier. They want to try and put him in different positions. They ran him at point guard, bringing the ball up the floor. They ran him in pick and rolls. They put him uh, in the high post, the low post, the mid post. They, they want to move him around because he is a player that can play anywhere. And look, a rookie season, yeah, you want to keep things kind of simple, in my opinion. You want you want, you want know something really, really focused and simple. But the one thing the Magic never really tried last year was Paulo Banquero at center. Was that because of the injuries? Certainly. Was that because of him being a rookie and and not wanting to put too much on his plate? Certainly. But it is something we have wanted to see. We wanted to see the Magic essentially do what they promised with all this versatility Put put their five best players on the floor as much as possible. Next season, I do expect to see some lineups with Jonathan Isaac, Paolo Bancaro, and Franz Wagner on the floor at the same time. Bancaro and Isaac did not share any minutes on the floor together last year. There are all these things that the Magic have to try. But Team USA is going to try them first. Bancaro came in at the end of the second quarter, but then again came in midway through this, early in the third quarter after Jaron Jackson Jr. picked up his second foul. Or his third foul, excuse me. Foul out at five fouls. And for the next six or seven minutes, Paolo Bancaro was the center on the team. Five or six minutes. Was the center for this team. The Magic or the USA won those minutes 17 to 11 for whatever it's worth. They pulled away eventually after, after Bancaro left the game. Uh, and Bobby Portis checked back in a more traditional stretch five. But... Paulo Banquero showed something. I don't know exactly, but he showed that this was an experiment worth continuing, worth trying again, perhaps. He boxed out effectively. He spread the floor. He soaked up attention on screen. screen and rolls. Teams know that he is a physical presence. And if you watched a game, you saw how big he looked and how quickly he moved and how much of a challenge that was. Teams do respect his presence on the floor. And in this setting, where he is not the main scorer, but playing a bit out of position in small ball five, the speed that he brings, the, the, the quickness at that position, could very well become an advantage. Now, bankero has a lot of things to improve on, just like this whole Team USA team does. He only had one rebound in the game. Um, a really good rebound at that, but only one rebound in the game. He boxed out really well, uh, but defensively, I would say when he was on the perimeter, especially he was really good. I honestly say this about both offense and defense. When Van was involved in the play, when the ball was near him, he was very confident in what he was doing. Whether that was switching uh, onto the ball in the in the all all switch scheme that the at, that the U.S. was doing uh, during uh, the time that Van was on, at the five. Um, whether that was knowing where to go on a screen, and roll, where to pop, where to roll, all that stuff. He's got great instincts on that. When he wasn't on the ball, look, the effort's there. I'm not going to question the effort, but defensive attention to detail not always there. Gave up a few, uh, gave up a few rebounds, gave up a few cuts uh, that he needed to avoid giving up. Um, you know, was a little bit late on some help. The helpers was a little late. Was a little, you know, had some good moments, had some bad moments. He's still learning, and so is so much of this team what they're trying to do. So it was a bit, you know, I don't want to say a mixed bag because that's a little unfair. It's one game in a system that everyone is still largely learning and coming to grips with. Um, At the end, Bancaro scored seven points on three for four shooting in 16 minutes. One rebound, one assist, one incredible block after he turned the ball over, of course, but one incredible recovery block was one for four from the foul line, so left some points on the board. Um, I'm blaming the FIBA ball. Um, plus five in his minutes. Not a bad outing by any stretch of the imagination. He looked fine. Maybe a little uncomfortable, maybe still figuring things out. Things aren't second nature for him quite yet, but he looked fine. But what stood out was this experiment. This experiment playing center. Something Caro did not do very much for the Magic last year but something that he may be asked to do a lot of for Team USA. It, we, we can't make conclusions. Puerto Rico is not a particularly strong group this year. But, and throughout the whole game, it's just inevitable that the U.S. was going to pull away once they figured themselves out. But we saw enough to continue it, to try again, to look at it again. And we'll see what that looks like when the U.S. heads to Spain to take on, uh, to take on a couple of really good teams in Slovenia and, and Spain over the weekend. Overall for Palo Caro it was a solid but not spectacular showing. When he got the ball, he knew what to do with it. He didn't just chuck up shots, he passed it, made some really nice passes, defended decently. But there's still a lot to learn and a lot that he's going to have to grow into here over the next few weeks as Team USA prepares for the World Cup. When we come back, we'll talk about Team USA as a whole, what we saw from the team, very similar things to what we saw from Paolo. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at FanDuel. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and a whole lot more. So visit fanduel.com slash and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's fanduel.com slash
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to locked on NBA every Monday to be up to date locked on nba available on youtube and wherever you get podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: we want to thank you again for making locked on magic part of your day every day no matter when you listen to us we truly appreciate you uh, making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. Just a show note, tomorrow, Wednesday's episode will be our last episode of the week. I am going out of town for the rest of the week. We'll not be able to record podcasts. Um, so if there's any breaking news, we'll get to that when we get to it. Um, but we'll be back, We'll have a show tomorrow, and then we'll be back Monday with a fresh episode of Lockdown Magic. Uh, I'm told the schedule's set to come out perhaps next week. We'll find out. Um, So there'll be plenty to get to, plus Team USA, plus Team Germany, plus Team Georgia, plus so much to get to. Uh, Australia does not play yet um, from the schedule, at least that I've been working off of. Um, But we will get to all of that uh, uh, on our next episodes of Locked on Magic. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for letting me take a vacation, take a little vacation. Uh, We will see you tomorrow and then see you on Monday. But let's talk about Team USA basketball. Uh, I I am I'm, I'm big on Team USA basketball. I love international basketball. Uh, I you know, I'm, I'm 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 a Pete Triad um P8 Triad. Uh but uh I, I, I this team is really fascinating to me. Um it's a new cycle, new coach with Steve Kerr. Uh the World Cup, I think the World Cup is the bigger tournament than the Olympics to be perfectly honest. I really cannot wait for the NBA to uh, or for the NBA to convince FIBA to make the Olympics a U23 tournament, uh, which would benefit Paolo, of course, but uh, make, the, make the Olympics a U23 tournament so we can make the World Cup the big deal it deserves to be. Um, this, is a, this is going to be a fun tournament. It's going to have a lot of really great players involved. It, and it feels very wide open, but this, this USA team particularly is very interesting. We have no players with any international experience. I was shouted at least three times during the game. Knock the ball off the rim. You got FIBA goaltending rules. Um, I shouted at at Apollo once. Um, FIBA goaltending rules are awesome. Enjoy the next month of basketball with FIBA goaltending rules. Um, But this team is fascinating because they're just so young. And, and, you know, we're going to see some breakout performances. Um, Anthony Edwards had a really strong game. Jaron Jackson Jr. looks like he's going to really break out here as well. But they're just so young. We don't know what to expect. And the process of bringing this team together over the next two weeks now. Um, it's a six-week commitment. You know, you got the three-week of prep, the three weeks in, in Manila, um, in the Philippines. It, it's it's going to be really interesting to see how this group comes together and just what they're able to accomplish. Um, and, and they, look, they have the talent to win this thing. The U.S. is always going to have the talent to win this thing. The question is whether... They have brought the right pieces to make it work. Um, and obviously, we're still at an early stage. Um, you know, I, I don't think we should be making any conclusions on this team based off one game. They came out tight. They looked really bad in the first half. Uh, not really bad. That's, that's unfair. Bad, really bad, maybe to our expectations of what Team USA is supposed to be, but um, they look tight. You know, they, they look like they were still kind of getting their legs under them. Uh, you know, everyone hasn't played for a little while, played organized basketball for a little while now. Um, it looked like they were getting their legs under them. It looked like they were still kind of grasping what the offense and the defense wanted them. You know, I noted early in the game, like, look, the U.S. is going to be able to get whatever shot they want. The question is whether they're going to work to get the good shots or, you know, whether they're going to rely on isolation play or move the ball. And early on, it was a lot of isolation play. It wasn't a lot of ball movement. It, it, it just, it, whatever they were doing, it just, it wasn't working. It was just kind of the stereotypical we're NBA players playing against a group that doesn't have any NBA players. We can do whatever we want. So we're going to take the easy path and just shoot a bunch of jumpers. That's, that's the trap that the USA, the USA teams fall into. Defensively, they weren't really applying much pressure. They weren't create. They, they were, you know, just kind of off this. Everyone was just kind of off defensively. And, and, you know, it just took a little while to get into the game. Um, Tyrese Halliburton finished with 12 assists did a really good job picking up the pace. And, and, you know, if Team USA has an identity um, across generations, their identity is we're going to smother you defensively because we go 12, we can go 12 deep and you can't. You don't have the depth of talent to play with the intensity that we can play with for 40 minutes. Um, You know, the U.S. did not display that really until the third quarter, third and fourth quarter of this game. Uh, But that was true at the end of the day. Um, and so it took the U.S. a little bit to get into that rhythm. Tyrese Halliburton did a really good job pushing the pace. Puerto Rico, to their credit, came right back at the U.S., got a couple easy baskets before the U.S. could get their defense set. Um, you know, this was just the U.S. getting introduced to the international game because no one's played at this level. Uh, and understanding, you know, maybe getting a little bit of scare. I don't know if they did. But uh, understanding the focus and attention to detail they're going to need. Um, look. Shooting going to be a question with this team. Um, You know, I, I think that they don't have a lot of great shooters. Um, I think that they're going to have to really work and work really well together and kind of build up some chemistry here in the next couple weeks to get that consistent attacking that they want. And then defensively, they've got to be really on point defensively. And this just isn't a group that has played a lot defensively together. And Steve Kerr has got his work. Steve Kerr, Eric Spolstra, you know, they've got their, you know, whoever's running the defense, they've really got their work cut out for them to get them on the same page defensively. And look, Monday's game is gonna give them a lot of tape to say, like, hey, this defense ain't gonna cut it when we play Spain on Saturday, or we play Sylvania on Saturday and Spain on Sunday. We've got to up that intensity. We got to know exactly what we're doing. And like, look, I mentioned Palo, just so like late on a couple rotations. Everyone was a little bit late on rotations throughout the throughout the game. That that's to be expected. Uh, this team is going to go as far as their defense takes them. They can play a balanced game. You know, they'll find who their clutch guys are. It's probably going to be Jalen Brunson at the end of the day. It might be Anthony Edwards, but they'll find the guys that can, that, 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 they can rely on to create baskets. What's going to take this team far and what's ultimately going to determine where they finish in this tournament. Remember they finished seventh in the last world cup. What's going to determine that is their defense. Their ability to sit down and defend, to work together on defense, and use that to create offense, and really use it and, and allow them to use their athleticism in a productive way. At the end of the day, that's what won this game. The U.S. came out in the second half, up their intensity, up their defensive pressure. You know, they tried they tried the funky lineup with Palo. You know, they tried it. Um, that helped up their defensive pressure and defensive intensity because they could just switch everything, and they did, and it stymied Puerto Rico. Um, Halliburton came in shortly after, you know, when, when Caro came out. He kept that pace going and kept them playing at such a frenetic pace. The defense got turnovers. They got out in transition, and suddenly you have a 19-0 run, and, and you go from a, 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 a shaky, some somewhat shaky 11-point lead to a 30-point lead, and the game's over. That's how these games have to go for the U S they have to put pressure on their opponent. They have to force mistakes and then they have to just bury opponents with their, with their, with their athleticism. Um, Darren Jackson, Jr. Is going to man the inside. They got guys who can play this style. They got guys who are going to do a lot of really good things and the starting lineup still got to come together and understand their roles. Um, it just so much of this is right now, just getting on the same page. The U S as a, as a basketball program relies on their depth, and their depth of talent, and their athleticism to try and overwhelm teams, to try and overcome the cohesion and chemistry that a lot of these other teams have built. Dennis Schroeder, Franz Wagner, Daniel Theiss, they all played together last summer. You know, Mo Wagner's been in the Germany program for a long time. Those guys have played together for years. They welcome new players in, they get them up to speed, they know exactly what they're doing. Evan Fournier knows exactly what France expects of him. He's played with Rudy Gobert and Nicholas Batum his entire life. Those are the guys you grew up with from the youth system. And if I have a criticism for the USA basketball system, the U19 team should be almost like the the U19 team should all graduate to the select team. You know, obviously you maybe miss on some guys. or 19 19-year-olds. Not everyone makes it to the NBA at the level that you expect them to. But the fact that so few of these players... Even have youth basketball, youth FIBA experience, is a little concerning. Um The to me, the whole program needs to be building guys up into that national team. And obviously, you add guys as they get better, and and you have tryouts, and so you know, ob- you know, obviously, you keep yourself open to new options. But the whole program, I think, just needs to be more organic, and and and, and that's the way these other programs are running. That and it helps them make up the talent deficit. Um, if the U.S. ran their program like France and some of these other, other programs do, the U.S. wouldn't lose a single game. They'd, they'd be playing together their entire lives. They'd be playing together you know, from the time that they're 16 all the way to when they're pros. Um, so there's at least a little bit of chemistry and continuity uh, involved. Um, that's my rant on, on Team USA. But Team USA right now, they're in the cohesion stage. Um, and it's going to take some time. They got two weeks to get ready for the World Cup. Two weeks to get ready for games, these games to count. I expect them to lose one of these the exhibition games. Um, they play Slovenia, they play Spain, they play Greece, and they play Germany. Um, Greece may not have Giannis, um, but they've got uh, they've got some really tough teams on their schedule. They're going uh, where are they going? They're going to Spain. Oh, I forget where they're where they're going in Spain. Uh, now I think they're going to Mallorca. Um, uh, They've got some tough games ahead, and they're going to take some lumps because they're still figuring each other out and figuring out uh, who they are as a team. But this is the part that they have to get going. Um, When we come back, we'll go through some of the individual performances from Team USA, who stood out, and and, and what this all means for uh, the team moving forward. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment.
1: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: So, you know, I, I'm not going to run through the whole box score. You know, if this is a magic, magic site. Uh, magic podcast, you know, I'm, I'm big into team USA. I love team USA. Um, you know, I, I love these games. I just love games period. Uh, but, uh, so, you know, I, I did my soapbox on, on team USA. Um, you know, I just, I think the most important thing for us to say is the rotations, the lineups that we saw that we're going to see in these preseason and games are experiment experiments. Um, we don't, you know, I don't think Steve Kerr, you know, Steve Kerr probably has some ideas, but they're they're etched in pencil right now. Nothing is for sure, and and these games are the are, are their chance to experiment and try and trying things out. But having said that, I think the starting lineup that we saw is going to be pretty close to the starting lineup we're going to have. Um, Jalen Brunson, eleven points, twelve rebounds, uh, an impressive defensive game for Brunson, if not a, a, a somewhat frustrating offensive game for him. Anthony Edwards. 15 points 7 for 13 shooting really good third quarter to kind of get the get the US uh, ahead. Jaron Jackson Jr. scored 8 of his 12 points in the first quarter, seven rebounds, two blocks, really really impressive showing just bulldozer. He's going to have a really good tournament. Um, Brandon Ingram and McCall Bridges. McHale Bridges with 14 points, five rebounds, three steals, really picked up his game in the third quarter to help the US uh, pull away. I think that's going to be your starting lineup. Um, You know, maybe Halliburton sneaks in there instead of Ingram. Uh, That would leave, I think, the U.S. a little too small. Um, But otherwise, that is your starting five. Uh, I I really do think that'll probably be the starting five for this group there. Um, They're pretty solid. Um, Off the bench, Tyrese Halliburton was really good. Seven points, 12 assists, just moving the ball. Love the pace that he had this team playing at. Really got the team up the floor quickly. It was kind of like the Pacers where just attract meet, but the U.S. wins attract me. They can tire opponents out because, you know, everyone's going to be playing their main players 30 plus minutes. Even in this game, which again was a blow up, Mikael Bridges played 23, Brunson played 22, Edwards played 22, Halliburton played 21. They can split those minutes between Halliburton and Brunson very easily and, and still be really effective. And that's the advantage the U.S. is always going to have. Cameron Johnson, 15 points, seven for 10 shooting. Um, Austin Reeves, you know, some people thought that Austin Reeves may not be in the rotation for this team. It's going to be impossible to keep Austin Reeves off the floor. Nine points, four for nine shooting, four assists. Um, almost immediately hit a three-pointer that kind of woke the woke the U.S. up. Just going all over the place for rebounds. He had four rebounds in the game. Um, just plays with so much energy. He can shoot the ball, too. Uh, the U.S. really struggled from deep. Uh, only made uh, six of 27 three-pointers. And look... Some of that is rust. Um, This was like a first preseason game. It very much felt like a first preseason game. Everyone was still kind of getting their legs under them. Uh, But, but he, like this team's just got to come together. They got to figure that part out and, and and, and figure out this FIBA game. Um, You know, I think the FIBA ball is a little bit different. Um, Takes some getting used to, takes a little bit to get that feel right. Um, This team has just got to get everything going. and, And, and look, they did really good things. That that second half, the third quarter specifically, was really strong. They played with good energy, they hounded Puerto Rico, they forced turnovers, they forced mistakes, they cleaned up the glass really well. Even with Paolo in its center, um, again, Paulo didn't get a lot of rebounds, but he boxed out, allowed Brunson to get rebounds and get going. The more this team runs, the better they're going to be. That is just that is that is team USA basketball. Uh, and you know, again a lot of this is just still experimenting. A lot of this is figuring out which combinations work, who's playing well, who, who's understanding the defense. Um, you know, I don't know what we'll see from Paolo in, in the game on on Saturday or Sunday against Slovenia or Spain. Um, they, you know, both those teams are very, very different. I, I don't know Slovenia's roster particularly well. Spain is big. Um, so I don't think playing Paolo at the five is necessarily going to work in that game. So it's going to be a little matchup dependent with them, but, this was an experiment that, that that the USA is going to run. I think they'll, they'll try it again in one of these other games coming up. Um, and I think we will see uh, see how Paolo fits into this group as a whole. Um, you know, so much of this is just figuring out how do you get, take guys who are the stars on their teams and get them comfortable playing supporting roles. And, and Paolo, I think, throughout most of this game, was still figuring that part out, still figuring out, what is my role on this team? How do I help this team get better? How do I help this team take that next step? Um, and you know, that's still to be determined. You know, obviously didn't get a lot of uh, shot opportunities. Um, you know, didn't get the ball work to him on three pointers, had a couple of nice passes. You know, he, he, when he got the ball, it did not stick with him. He tried to make a move to the basket, got fouled, made a basket or passed it quick. Um, and again, like I said, I think he soaks up a lot of attention and, and, you know, teams are going to have to make some gambles with this U S team and hope that some guys aren't playing well when they play them. Um, cause you know, this team is still very, very talented, but we'll see how it all comes together. USA back in action on Saturday. That is a 3 30 PM Eastern time tip off against Slovenia. Should be a good one. We'll see if Luka Doncic plays or not. Um, but a good test. I'd love to see them get a chance to defend Luka Doncic and we'll see where this defense is at after the team, uh, Get some, get some, uh, gets a chance to, uh, to, to work in, in practice and head on over across the pond to Spain. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at Philip R underscore OMD. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple podcasts. You should tune in Him Google Play, Spotify, Audacity, and all of them on the on podcasts to your podcast enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, we should check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can, of course, follow us there on Twitter at OMagicDaily. Like I said earlier we'll be back tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Magic. We're going to talk talk maybe about some bigger philosophy things um the two the two track path perhaps um, perhaps some other areas where the magic can improve. Got a few ideas on that. We'll get to that on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic, but until then, for Orlando Magic and Locked On Magic this has been Phil Pros, right? We'll see you again next time for another episode of Locked On